Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. If I could take you this morning to Joshua chapter 11, Joshua chapter 11, verse number 21, I just want to give you a particular perspective on on men today. Last week we talked about the power of a kid. I'd like to talk to you about the power of a man today, the power of a man. Joshua chapter 11, verse number 21, it says, And at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the mountain of Judah. From all the mountains of Israel, Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. There was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza and Gath and Ashton there remained. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. Thank you again, Father, for the word of God. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together to grow in our faith in Jesus. Thank you for the privilege of allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in this time, asking him to prepare every heart and every soul to receive what you have for us today. Thank you for these dads that serve so faithlessly and so faithfully and so tirelessly um, as uh, in the unseen things of the world. And I pray today you pour back into them. Give them fresh courage, fresh strength, everything they need to continue their journey. We love you for all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. It's the story here in, in Joshua, as you know, is when Joshua has come out of the, brought the children of Israel into the land of Israel. And the, the promise is finally coming to pass. And what they're happening, you have to understand, for years and years and years, they've asked God. They've said, God, we need this promise. And finally, God's brought them to the brink of the promised land. They've gone in. They've defeated their enemies. They're starting to settle in the land. And there was one particular place that it says here that there were still giants in the land. You remember the giants back a little bit ways was why some people never got to go in. Some people never got to go into the promised land because they were too afraid of the obstacles that were in front of them. And that's the thing is, men, we don't have to be afraid of the obstacles that we face because there's a big God that's able to defeat every single giant we're ever going to face. So they're on the brink, and I believe it's the same way today. I like that word, on the brink. It's like when you're about to get in the water. You're not just right there. You're on the brink of getting in the water. It's like when you're sitting in a deer stand and you're about to pull the trigger. You're just on the brink of about to shoot that that. That, that buck, and it's just such a wonderful time. It's like when you're about to get that first baby that you've ever birthed, that your wife has ever birthed. It's the one sitting there, and just knowing at any moment they're going to put that little bundle of joy in your, it's just on the brink, and Israel right here again is on the brink. And I believe that there are men in this world that are on the brink. I believe there are men in this room that are on the brink, because the world is waiting for a man of God to rise up to be the man that God's called them to be, to be the warrior of God, to be the person that God can use in this last day to bring about his purposes, to bring about his plans, and I believe this, you and I are it, man. It's an end-time move of God that I believe will happen through the man. Many times we say this, and rightfully, rightfully so, I believe a move of God will come through our kids. Amen to that. I believe a move of God will come through our ladies. Amen for, for that. But I'm convinced of this. A move of God will happen when men of God rise up and be the individuals that God's called them to be. And I believe you're it. But if we look here, we have to understand a couple of things because there was a, there was a whole generation that missed it. These men here were not the men that had to go walk around and wander in the desert for 40 years. There was a whole generation of people that missed it. And there's probably been a generation of men that's missed what it means to be a real man. 
Because some days they they will say that a real man is somebody that makes lots of money. A real man is a man who has big biceps. A real man is a man who always seems to have the answer to whatever the problem is. A real man has a bad boy lawnmower. But I just want to remind you that a real man is not any of those things. A real man who is a man who has learned to bow his knee to Jesus Christ. That's a real man. And it's harder to do that to do any of the, to do that than anything else because it's so humbling to bow our knees to anybody. But to bow your knee to Jesus Christ can I think is probably the most most appropriate thing any of us could ever do. I could talk to you today about preaching on money and how to spend it, and that would be a good idea. I could talk to you today about the different things that men should do at their jobs and at home. And but today I just want to talk to you about what a man of God really is and what he really looks like. So don't be that man that'll miss it. Don't be that man that'll be duped into the things the world says is what it takes to be a man. But realize this, that a man of faith and a man of God is truly a genuine man. Don't be the one to miss it. And secondly, it says this, there was a generation that was going to seize the moment. There was a generation that missed it, but there was a generation that was going to grab hold of it. There was a generation that missed it, but there was a generation of men that were going to grab hold of it. That's this generation. The generation we live are men that realize that they've been through everything. They've seen a whole lot. They've been through wars. They've been through battles. They've been through struggles. They've been through the divorce. They've been through sickness. And they realize that if there ever was a need in this world, it's for a man of God to rise up and be the man God's called him to be. Joshua 1.16 says, They answered Joshua, saying, All that thou commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us to do, we will. wherever you send us to go, we will go. Joshua told them, he said, Look, if you'll just do this, God will bless you. And all the men rose up and said, Okay, we'll do it. That's what God has today. That's what I'm looking at today. Men who realize this is the right way to go. This is the right way to live. This is the right way to raise our families. It's the right way to, 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 to work. It's the right way to worship, to worship in Jesus. There was a generation that missed it. But there, of course, was a problem, as there always is. I mean, there's always a problem. Anytime anybody begins to go after the things of God, to serve God, to follow God, to live for God, anything, there's a problem. And in this case, there was giants. We talked about it there. He said they defeated the giants in Anakim. They defeated the giants in different parts of Israel, but there's a couple places that the giants weren't defeated. And Israel was told by God not to fear because of the giants. And, and when you look at a giant, how many know that giants are really, really big? And the things that they faced were things that were bigger than them. And that's what I love about life. Man, that's what I love about the challenges we face is that there's always something that's bigger than we are. There's something that we can't do in our own strength. There's something we can't do in our own courage. There's something we can't do in our own ability because it's really a giant. Israel wasn't allowed to go in because of the giants. Israel had to wander for 40 years because of giants. Many people died because of giants, because of things that were bigger than they were. There were other giants in the Bible. He gives different list of different things. There was the Amorites. There was the, there was the Og, the king of Bashan. There was the Anakim, of which Goliath was from the lineage. And there are things in our lives, men, that we face that are bigger than we are, things that we can't overcome in our own strength. Pornography. There was ever anything that a man faces today. It's bigger than he is. It's pornography. The day in which we live, it's people getting drowned in discouragement and depression. You wouldn't think it, think it, ladies, but many times men struggle in the area of discouragement and depression. They look at their lives and they think, why am I where I'm at? I thought I would be somewhere else at this age of my life. 
I thought I'd be further along down the road, but let me just tell you this. Sometimes men struggle with the giant of depression. Sometimes it's anxiety and worry. When you realize that there's people that are depending upon you as a man, sometimes it just puts a weight on your shoulders that's bigger than we can actually carry. But the good news is the giant slayer who was back then is the same giant slayer that's today. And the same Jesus who defeated death, hell, and the grave is the same Jesus that can defeat depression, discouragement, and more pornography. He's alive and well today. And you being and trusting in Christ is, is, telling, is a telltale sign that you still believe that God defeats giants. He defeats them in today in 2021. There's some things that, that happen to us, causes, hinder us from really receiving from God. There's some things cause us to hinder us to receive from God. And I heard a story just this past week, maybe last week ago, and it was a lady that just really had a breakthrough. And I asked her to come and tell her story just about five or ten minutes. There's been some revivals that have been going on in our community, different churches. They have extended church services. And a lady uh, by the name of Nikki Dave went to one of these. And she, if you don't mind just coming and sharing for about five or ten minutes, she had a breakthrough at one of these. Uh, at one of these. She's so shy. Would you give her a God bless you as she comes and shares? Just spend about five or so minutes and tell your story just like you told me. And uh, you can add or subtract what you need to, but God bless you. Just like Pastor Kerry said, there's been sometimes those giants hinder us from doing those things that we can't move forward if we don't deal with the giants in our life. And I personally, when I went to the revival a couple of weeks ago at Tag Church, I didn't think that I had any unforgiveness in my heart towards my mom. Like, my mom was not a nurturing mother. She was not there for me. And I've harbored a lot of things in my heart that I just masked over the years. And in my mind, I forgave her. I always be like, I forgive her, I forgive her, I forgive her. But I didn't want her close to me. And then recently, i just been talking to people about it. Like, she's a trigger for me. Every time I'm around her, it's like I can't be around her for so long because she triggers me every time. It's just something. I don't know what it is, just the slightest thing she do. It, she aggravates me. She triggers me, and I don't want to be around her. I didn't want to even get close to her. I didn't want to mend a relationship with her because I was so afraid of being hurt by her again because in my mind, it's like, she haven't changed because she's never asked for forgiveness and or or anytime we bring it up, she just be like, get over it or whatever. And it just pushed me further and further into that, you know, place where I just like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm gonna forgive you because God says forgive you, but I'm never gonna try to mend anything or so I went to Tag Church and it was preaching about um Mephibosheth, how that the nurse dropped him and that he had became lame because someone else dropped him. And he was lame and going through life, and then David sent for him. But to make a long story short, he made a call to the altar about forgiving those people who had dropped you in life. And I was like, well, I don't really have anybody to forgive because I've forgiven everybody. And, and he kept saying, your parents, your parents, your parents. And I was like, I forgave her. So I actually went up, but I didn't go all the way up because, one, I was like kind of like didn't want to be labeled as this person who have unforgiveness in their heart and I was thinking that well I forgave her and then he said something very specific about he started dealing with personal things and then I was like well God I I thought I forgave her and she he said no you haven't forgiven her because that's why she's still a trigger for you and the whole time I've been struggling with forgiving her so I just said you know what God if you want me to I said if you just take it away I promise I just do whatever you want me to do and um, so I went up there and I asked for and I asked for prayer, and I prayed, 
And then I've been also having an ailment with my knee for a long time. Like for 12 years, I have had an injury in 2009 with my knee. And I've been asking God to heal me, heal me, heal me, God, heal me. And I was like, I haven't wavered in faith. I haven't done anything. Um, I, I believe you and you just never heal me all the time. I keep asking you to heal me. You just never heal me. And then I was like, I'm not even going to ask you again. If you want to heal me, you're going to heal me. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I was approaching God for like weeks. Because every time it kept coming up that God is going to heal you, God is going to heal you. But I never got healed. So it's like as soon as I let all of that pain and that hurt go, this young girl, she was like 16 or 17 years old. She just walked up to me and she said, the Holy Spirit told me to pray for you. He laid it on my heart to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And I said, sure. I said, absolutely, you can. And at first, I really didn't think nothing was going to happen because even though I just prayed, you know, to forgive my mom, I felt lighter, but I didn't feel a real difference. But I didn't know God was just going to manifest this whole because God do specialize in healing our whole self because the root was deeper than what I thought. All the surface things I've been dealing with year, over the years with my mom, it was deeper than what I even knew. So she kept praying for me, and she was saying some specific things that I knew only God knew. And I was like, okay. So I started giving attention to what she was praying. And then she was praying for me to be healed emotionally, and she was also being pray, um, praying for me to um, be healed mentally. And then she said, God, and heal her physical ailments too. But then I looked up, I looked over there at her, and I was like, here we go. In my mind, I was kind of thinking, here we go with the knee again. And, uh, and then... <laughs> I didn't say that out loud, but I looked at her like, yeah, we're going to see if God's going to heal me. And then she just touched my back, and she said, God, heal her back. And she said it like three or four times. And as soon as she said, um, kept saying it, I felt the tension in my knee loose. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe it. And then I started standing, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can actually stand on the knee. <laughs> so I was just saying it all. So sometimes we hold on to a lot of things, and God wants to heal us, and we just keep dealing with those little things. But there's bigger giants in our life that we masked over and God was just dealing me that you've masked this thing over to it become a part of pers your personality you've protected yourself you don't trust people you have trust issues all of these issues is because of this issue and when God healed me he healed me not just mentally emotionally but he healed me physically and even this last week I've, these last couple of weeks I've been noticing that like I don't have that wall up against people anymore like I'm not afraid of being hurt it's just like I just been free and it's just been manifesting itself each day that I don't have that big wall up anymore. Like, I had a strong wall up. Like, I'm not letting nobody in my space. I'm not trusting anybody. But when God healed me, he healed me of all of that. And now I go walk around. I don't get up thinking about this or that. It's just I get up and I go about my day. If things come up, they just come up. And I just know I was like, God really did heal me because I don't have that wall up anymore where I'm so afraid of being hurt by people. Hallelujah. The question that comes is because it's, it, it, my giant's not your giant. I may tell you my giant, you go, oh, that's, God can take care of that. Hallelujah, bless God, because he's God. But here's the, the difference is, is when he touches, all of a sudden that giant that you have, that's your struggle, it comes up in, in front of you. That's the one that God's wanting to deal with. And I want to know if somebody be willing to be honest enough with God today to say, God, I'm not sure. But I know there's a giant that I just can't seem to overcome. And the thing is, men, I love this, this day because I like talking about men because I am one. And I know this, that I don't like anybody to know my business. I don't like, anybody, I don't like to show weakness. 
I don't like anybody to know my kids, my wife, my family, my church friends. I don't like anybody knowing that I've got, they've got weakness. But let me tell you something. There are giants in my life. And just like in Israel's day, God said, you're going to have to deal with the giants before I'm ever going to give you a promise. And men, we're going to have to deal with those areas of our lives before God is ever going to open the door for another promise and a blessing that he has for me and for you. Don't be afraid to be humble before God. I've noticed something. Of course, if you've noticed, all my, my kids are we're like me. We're all long and lean. That's how we're just built. We're not football players. We're not hockey players. Uh, we're more baseball and basketball. And so we've spent lots of time watching basketball games and league games in junior high and high school and senior high. And, and the one thing that we've noticed is you can almost tell who's going to win in the warm-up. You can, I mean, you just watch the, the boys that are warming up, and there's one group of boys that are kind of turning watching the other guys. And they're looking around, and they're looking at them dribble and them practice and them shooting and them jumping and all that, and you can almost see the blood <laughs> drain out of their, their, their faces. And then you can tell the other boys they're confident. And they're not looking around. They're just concentrating on what they're doing. It seems like that, that you can almost tell before the game even starts who's going to win. But the thing is, is what the born-again Christian, sometimes we do the same thing. Before the day even starts, we can already say, think that we're going to be defeated. But I'm here to tell you that God is a bigger God than any giant you and I men will ever face in this life. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's alcohol addiction, it doesn't matter if it's jealousy, if it's covetousness, if it's greed, it doesn't matter the name that you put on it, God is bigger than whatever giant we may face. And the world is looking for some men to rise up and to be the men who will be humble themselves and admit, God, I have a problem and I bring it to you. Now notice this, I didn't say bring all your problems to everybody. You don't have to go out and feel like you have to go tell everybody that the struggles that you face, but the one person that already knows that you struggle, he's the one that's waiting for you to say, God, I do have unforgiveness in my heart against a former spouse. God, I do have unforgiveness in my heart for my father that left 30 years ago. God, I do have unforgiveness of a business partner. God, I do have struggles, greed, and covetousness, God. There's things that I face. I struggle in pornography, God. It's, a, it's become a snare to me, or nicotine, or alcohol, and, and I'm, I'm bound by things that I know I shouldn't be bound by. But, God, today I come and I say, God, no longer is that giant going to defeat me. I take that and bring it to Jesus and know that he'll take it and do something marvelous with it. Let me just say this. The struggle we talked about today in Israel, it took some time. Sometimes we think if we don't get touched and we don't fall over and come back up and everything's changed, we think that, you know, we didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? Pentecostal people, sometimes we think if we don't get it right now, then we didn't get it. This struggle that they went through, it took years. Sometimes God does the work instantly. Sometimes it takes, it takes his time. But this case, he, it took time. And we think that if, it's, you know, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it didn't happen overnight, it's not really God. Let me just, be, just remind you something. If some of you right now, you're facing that giant, you wake up every day and you face it. And you may leave here today and you may go home and you may face it again. My friend, don't you dare give up. And don't you dare quit because I know a God that will walk you through a wilderness and he'll walk him through the, the, the trials of life and he'll walk you through what you're facing today. And sometimes when God's in it, he makes us walk a little farther. Went to a, a concert, uh, listened to a preacher in Memphis one time. 
We went to eat beforehand. We were going to walk over to the to the arena. When when we parked, we walked right up to drove right up to the front of the restaurant. Cars, five o'clock traffic. We drove right, got the very front parking space in front of the the door to the restaurant. Now that doesn't always happen. And the guys that I was with said, "Praise God! God must be with us." We got the very first parking space. Sometimes God's in it, and you park in the very last parking space. So we can't say just because you got the front or the middle or the back that God's in it. God works a little bit differently sometimes, but sometimes it takes you have to walk just a little bit further to get to where God wants you to go. And the one thing that I like about our story here is we talk about the struggles, and that sometimes it takes a while, is that eventually they defeated the giants. And then there were some that were left, and let me just tell you where they were. They were the ones that were left in Gaza and Gath and Ashdod. Now, let me just back you up a little bit. Gaza and Gath and Ashdod is the Philistines. And so the giants that they didn't get rid of were in those particular places. And there was a young guy years later by the name of David, and he had to fight a giant. And that giant came from the Philistines. Sometimes God has a flair for the dramatic, and he may leave a giant in our life just for a purpose and for a season. But there was one day that David had to go and defeat and become a, become a leader on the world, on the, on the stage of, of Israel. And so God left those giants there for just a season. When God leaves the giants in our lives, don't be discouraged. He's got a purpose and a plan for them. So don't be upset today if you say, I've struggled with this sin for many, for many years or I've struggled with this problem for years. My friend, sometimes it just takes a while. Sometimes somebody walks up, lays it on the altar, and they're done. Sometimes it's a struggle. But, my friend, the same God who delivered at the altar is the same God who will deliver through the years of struggle. And lastly today, it takes the grace of God to help us as men. It does. It takes the grace of God. In this world, we are called upon to do our best. We're called upon to be the best. We've called, called upon to let other people look to us. And sometimes that's a pretty heavy burden to bear. I mean, they've, I've said it before, you know, you can fail at a lot of things, but you can't fail at being a dad. That's a pretty heavy burden to put on somebody. But the one thing that I do know is you don't ever fight these battles alone. You don't ever fight the struggle alone. You don't face the giant alone, my friend. There's a God who's a God of grace. And that means that you do your best and he fills in the rest. That means that you do the best that you're able with what you have at the time, the information that you have. But at the end of the day, you're trusting that the goodness and the mercy and the power of God will fill in all the rest of the holes of our life. That's the good part about serving God, men, is you've got an ace in the hole. I know none of y'all ever played cards, but there's what's called a wild card. You know what a wild card is? It's the card that no matter what you need, it's the one you need. And there's a wild card that you and I have. It's called the grace of God. That no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what situation we find our in, what giant we face in front of us, God has the wild card. God has the answer. It's wonderful to know that no matter what you're going to face outside the doors of this church, outside the, outside of the doors of your life, there's going to come a time when there's going to be things that you don't know how to fix and solve, but that's okay because there's a wild card, and his name is Jesus. If I help you and walk you down the roads of life, when I read about Israel, 
Man, if there was ever a ragtag group of people, I mean, they just were. It just wasn't the, the, the brightest and the best. They were just kind of the least and the lost. But they had an almighty God working on their behalf. And, man, let me tell you something. you got an almighty God working on your behalf. Times you may lose a job. It's okay. you got a God working on your side. Times you may th- say things to your wife you wish you could take back. Done that. you got a God on your side who will help you walk you down the road of that particular. Oops. Doesn't matter what you face in life. There's a God who will help you. I wish I could preach this message to every single man in the world because every single man faces the things that you and I face. And every single man feels those same insecurities and those same doubts and those same times where we don't think we're good enough where we make it or we're, we're, we're up to snuff. But the thing is, is the beauty of Almighty God is He plus Him plus us is all that we need. It's a wonderful thought. We're taught to work hard for our families. We're taught to work hard at work. We're taught to work hard to raise kids today. It takes work to be married. And that's okay. And it's true. But it's okay, because there's a God that will walk us down every single road of life. I want you to know this, and this is my prayer, men, today, that you realize what's really in the bank, that you walk out and you realize who, you, who is walking with you during the day. If I told you this, if I said, look, there's a bank in Jacksonville, and there's an account in that bank that's got a million dollars in it, and your name's on the, your name's on the account, would you be excited? You'd probably all leave right now, wouldn't you? Head down to find some bank in town. But if I told you that, it really wouldn't have done you any good until you really realized what you had. All the struggles that you thought, my goodness, I've had a million dollars in the bank, and, and I've still had, I've had these bills I couldn't take care of, and, and tuition, and payments, and carp, things like that. And I didn't even know I was struggling to make those payments, and I didn't realize I had a million dollars in the bank. It would have taken care of all those problems. And once you realize what you had, that's when the joy set in. Hallelujah. That's what I pray, men. We'll be reminded again what you really have in your corner, what you really have on your back, holding you up. And I'm thankful to God today that the Holy Spirit goes with men and rides with them and walks with them every day of the week. Some of you men have things, businesses that are bigger than you, jobs that are bigger than you, things that you face that are bigger than you. But my friend, don't worry because the God that's behind you is bigger than anything that is before you. I'll tell you this, I, I've, and I'll just speak from my experience. You can maybe have your, you have your own testimony as well. I've been a pastor for uh, 22 18 years, been in ministry about 25 years, some capacity. In my background, there are no pastors. Let me say it again. On my mother's side, I have a great uncle that was a chaplain. Outside of that, on my daddy's side, there was no real pastors. My uncle did one of those genealogy trees thing, and he said, I think back in the 1600s, there were some maybe Lutheran pastors that came from our lineage, but there's no p- real pastors to speak of. And Pentecostal pastors from that, because all our bunch was Presbyterian, disciples of Christ. And so God calls me to be a pastor, and I had no experience, no formal training. Had nobody to call and say, what do you do when, 
kid throws the rock through the, the door and busts it, and it's your kid. What do you do then? But see, it's really not about me, about my experience and my education and my intellect. It's about the God that grabs hold of us and walks us down the roads of life and no matter what we have to do. And so, man, let me tell you something. You may be the first Christian in your life, excuse me, in your family. You may be the first man in your home trying to live for God. Maybe the first man who's ever trying to graduate from high school, trying to graduate from college. You may be, a, be the first of something in your life, and you think, I don't know if I can do it. It's too big for me. My friend, I'm telling you, the God that's behind us is bigger than any struggle that's in front of us. Today, I want to I ask you just a favor. Man, if you'll let me pray for you today. If you'll let us pray for you. Because you carry a weight on your shoulders, but I just believe God's got something marvelous for men today. And you're the generation that's going to rise up, lead a family, lead a church, and lead a community and a nation to God. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to talk to men today. God, I understand the, the weight that they face, the pressures of life. I understand the things that come against us as men, or maybe like other generations didn't have to deal with. But that's okay, God, because you're big. You're the God of yesterday, today, and forever. I pray that you anoint these men fresh and anew. Baptize them afresh and anew with courage and strength, hope, humility before God. Love, God, that's beyond what they could ever ask for to meet the need of the hour. And I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.